covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. It is great to have you with us as we continue to get closer and closer and closer to the start of spring training, which obviously leads into the start of games being played. And then before you know it, games that count are going to be played. And uh, we'll continue to uh, look forward to the season here on the podcast. Our housekeeping items to take care of here at the start of the podcast, you know what they are. If you listen to us on an every week basis, that probably means you're pressing like the, the plus 30 second button right now as I go through uh, go through this stuff. But uh, if you uh, listen to us via Apple Podcast, if you want to leave a ranking and review, that would be fantastic. If you want to get in contact with me, best way to do so is via Twitter, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. DMs are always open, so you can always get in contact with me via Twitter. All right, so here's what we've got coming up on the program this week. We are going to be joined by Adam Rigg from the Brewer Nation. He is our featured conversation, and he's going to be with us coming up in just a little bit as uh, we'll continue to go through some of the uh, preseason narratives, I guess you can say, leading up to the season. I'm still very interested in what this roster is going to look like as spring training probably gets about halfway through. There are going to be free agents out there to be had. And the way the, the, the way the market continues to move very much favors the Brewers. I've talked about this before, but I'll talk about it again. The, we're getting to the point now where we're starting to see a lot more one-year deals being signed. As a player out there, you don't want to sign a one-year deal. You want a multi-year deal. Well, we're to a point now where, unless your name is Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, those are probably the only guys out there who are 100%, without a doubt, guaranteed to be getting multi-year deals. There will probably be some other multi-year deals that end up coming through, but nothing is guaranteed beyond those two guys. So we're we're at this point where guys are going to want jobs, guys don't have jobs, Guys are resigned to the fact that they're probably going to have to take a little bit less money now than they were hoping for when the offseason got started. So at the very least, they want to go play for a team that is going to be competitive this year and has a chance to win. Enter the Milwaukee Brewers. And something else that I found interesting, last week during the Brewers on Deck event, uh, we had David Stearns on our Brewers on Deck live show out there, and he made mention of the fact that the the fact that clearly Milwaukee is a fun place to play. That when you watch the Brewers, including during their playoff run last year, it was very clear that guys were having fun. And I think Craig Council has gained a reputation as a manager that players want to play for. So combine the fact that all of a sudden, maybe not all of a sudden, but combine the fact that Milwaukee is a very desirable place to play in terms of just comfort level to the fact that Milwaukee is expected to be a winning ball club once again this year. You're going to have guys out there who, when they're looking at all their different options, especially on these one-year deal kind of guys, if the Brewers are in on them, they may just go ahead and choose Milwaukee. So David Stearns has played this thing out absolutely perfectly, and there's probably going to be some guys who end up falling if they want to make moves. We've talked about it a lot. 
this organization seems to be very content with the way the roster is right now. They the the, the line that we always hear from David Stearns, uh, I paraphrase, but I may get it right on here. We're always looking to add to the roster, always looking to make the roster better. That is something that we hear over and over and over from him, and it's truthful. Like he, of course, that that's that's like the the description of his of his job to make the roster better. Line item number one on what you're supposed to do as a general manager: make the roster better. So of course he is. I just think that. Uh, this offseason, if the Brewers truly want to upgrade at some places, uh, especially on a short-term level, they are going to have the opportunity to do that uh, before the vast majority of guys do end up signing with teams. Uh, and, look, guys will continue to sign into spring training. Just the, the moment pitchers and catchers report does not mean that all of a sudden the roster is what the roster is. Every year we see guys sign with teams. It's not. I, I think that Machado and Harper will both sign their deals prior to spring training. Uh, in fact, there's some there's some rumblings out there that we might see something maybe with one of those two guys this upcoming week, uh, but maybe not. And it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that those guys are still sitting out there once uh, spring training does begin. I do think the way the market has gone the last couple of years has somewhat assisted the Brewers and even how they were able to get Yasmani Grandal because Grandal turns down the qualifying offer this year, the one-year deal. Last year, if you remember, there were a handful of guys out there that turned down the qualifying offers from their teams, got into free agency, realized the market was not what they thought it was going to be, and then they subsequently ended up signing deals that were worth less than what the qualifying offer was that they had turned down just months earlier. So Grandall turns down the qualifying offer, Maybe the offseason and the interest does not go the way he wanted the Brewers' offer. It was just a little bit more than the qualifying offer, and that was enough for him to go. So he doesn't lose money on that deal. So again, I think that's where market forces definitely impact the Brewers' ability to go out and uh, sign guys, and that can continue on here for uh, the next month, month and a half or so as the uh, free agency market uh, continues to move move slowly but move somewhat uh, leading into spring training and then going into spring training as well. As mentioned, Adam Rigg is our guest this week from the Brewer Nation on our uh, social media conversation, but let's get to this week's Headlines of the Week. It doesn't matter if it's right in the middle of the summer or winter. There's always news about the Brewers. Let's look back at the week that was with Matt's Headlines of the Week. Not a ton of news to get to this week. Uh, first off, uh, a couple off-field things that I uh, want to mention. Uh, the Brewers this past week announcing that they have established the Nelly Global Award. And uh, this is uh, being named for uh, former Brewers coach, broadcaster, front office executive uh, Davey Nelson. Uh, the award is going to uh, go each year to a resident of Wisconsin who uh, works for good on a global scale. And uh, people can nominate uh, others for this award by heading to brewers.com slash Nelly Award. Nominations have to be received by the Brewers by June 2nd. Any U.S. resident can nominate a Wisconsin resident for the award. And uh, this honor is going to be uh, presented uh, for the first time on June 20th when the Brewers play uh, the Reds at Miller Park. 
That happens to be uh, Davey Nelson's birthday. Uh, a scary thing revealed by Brewers pitcher Jimmy Nelson this past week. After follow, uh, going back home to uh, Texas after the on-deck event, he uh, sent out an Instagram post. And uh, in that uh, Instagram post, he said that he and his pregnant wife, Melissa, had learned that their unborn twins have twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome, and that is a condition that causes decreased blood and nutrient flow to uh, one of the twins. Uh, reportedly, that uh, has a 95% mortality rate if left untreated. Uh, luckily, he did uh, have a follow-up post later on in the week uh, saying uh, that uh, there was a laser procedure that uh, they were able to uh, go through and uh, that they were able to uh, do that. So uh, that is the, uh, that's the good news on, uh, on that, that everything seems to be okay. So clearly a lot of things on Jimmy Nelson's mind as he gets set for a spring training after missing all of last season and also dealing with a very, very serious and uh, scary situation uh, off the field. But uh, good to hear that uh, the procedure went well and that uh, they do continue to uh, observe the situation uh, very, very, very closely. But sometimes I say this all the time, you know, when I when I do the post game show on WTMJ, I try to remind folks quite often that baseball players are human, and I think sometimes we look at them as machines. And look, it's a business. It is a ruthless and cutthroat business. And there are times that guys lose their jobs, and it and rightfully so. You know, there there there's a peer. If you don't perform at a certain level. You, you can't keep your spot in baseball. I get that. But sometimes I just feel that there's almost a relishing of guys getting losing their jobs or something like that. And it's always, you know, don't forget that these guys are human. And this is just another uh, situation where we can remember there's a lot of real-life stuff going on with uh, all these guys. And as much as we like to talk about baseball and as much as we love baseball, there are things out there that uh, can be more important than baseball. So uh, that certainly is happening right now with uh, Jimmy Nelson along with his uh, wife, Melissa. Those are this week's Headlines of the Week. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile, does continue right now. It is time for our social media conversation. We're able to uh, welcome in uh, one of our absolute favorite people to uh, talk uh, to us here on the podcast. He is Adam Rigg. You read him uh, at the Brewer Nation. Follow the Brewer Nation on Twitter at Brewer Nation. Adam, we're getting closer and closer and closer to those wonderful words of pitchers and catchers report. How are you doing? Uh, it is a great day here on Sunday. The football season is officially over. Uh, and yes, as much as I love the Bucks and Bucks and Six and all that jazz, uh, it is officially baseball season as far as I'm concerned. We are speaking not long after the Patriots defeated the Rams in the Super Bowl. Did you have a dog in that fight? I am just, I, I like the, the youth and the new and the, give somebody else a chance kind of a deal. I'm a big James White guy because, you know, he went to Wisconsin and all that. Um, but I've never really been happy with the Patriots constantly winning. Fair enough. I think Stan Kroenke is the worst person in sports in the world, so I was glad the Patriots won. But this is not a football podcast, so we will uh, 
we will move on. And let me start with this. You know, we mentioned pitchers and catchers reporting now later on this month as we are officially into fe February. Uh, the free agent market, uh, there are st it still continues to move. I think it's been a little bit faster than last year, but it's still certainly not uh, moving all that fast overall. It seems like if the Brewers still want to improve their roster, they're going to have the opportunity to do it, and it's going to probably be a situation where there's going to be guys out there willing to take very team-friendly contracts. I get the sense the Brewers are happy with their roster, but we know that David Stearns is always looking to you know make that roster better. What are you expecting between now and let's say you know midway through spring training, when for the most part uh, guys are going to you know find themselves signed? Yeah, I would say for the most part, I agree with you that I think Stearns is happy with where he's at. Um, but to a degree, I, I, I personally believe that there's always a little bit of posturing when you say stuff like that, because you may have to go into the season with this team as it currently is constructed. And I think that he feels confident that they can win games as currently constructed. That said, uh, they've still been rumored to be sniffing around the starting pitching market. Um, it's no secret that going into the winter they probably expected to do something a little bit more significant uh, in terms of second base so and there's still talented guys out there that can contribute and help out in the bridge the gap type of a situation that the Brewers are currently looking themselves uh, looking at themselves being in so I think Stearns is always willing to improve and willing to uh, address the fringe uh, if not the core you know of the of the roster as it stands so all that said <clears throat> i i don't expect them to do anything i guess to, to use that word only because stearns does certain things that just defy expectation uh for as much as we expected the brewers to be active last winter um with a, a decent amount of money to spend and some holes to fill uh, i don't think anybody could have predicted the type of days that they had in late January last year, you know, where they get Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich basically on the same day. So if that type of working in the shadows, keeping it out of the media, if that type of situation arises again, you know, there's certainly areas that the Brewers could add. Uh, like we mentioned already, the, the rotation, you can always, you can never have too much pitching. Uh, and then there is a spot in the infield be that adding a second baseman or as a guy like Richard Justice, you know, national writer for MLB.com, as he recently put out over the weekend, his suggestion is just to go ahead and get the certainty that is Mike Moustakis and move Travis Shaw back to second base. So there's different ways to fill that spot. <clears throat> but I think that the Brewers, uh, like we said, that they are content with where they're at if they have to be. But I, I, I guess the only expectation I have is that Stearns will continue to seek out ways to improve the club on his terms. There, there seems to be, you know, that, that smoke that has just continued to exist throughout the entire offseason with possibly bringing Moustakis back. And he was he was very much a fit in the clubhouse. Now, the organization has publicly stated that they would probably prefer to have Travis Shaw back at third, but uh, they've also, Travis Shaw was on WTMJ with Greg Matzik a couple weeks ago, and he said he doesn't really know what position he's going to be playing this upcoming season. So if the if the decision had already been made that Shaw is for sure going to go back to third, then I think that would have been communicated with him. The fact that he's publicly stating that 
yeah, he doesn't really know for sure where he's going to play. I think the idea of bringing Moustakis back, especially if if the market goes the same way for Moustakis last year, this year as it did last year, at the very least, it would give him one full year at Miller Park to maybe put up those offensive numbers and be in even better position going into a free agency season next season. Right, and for as much as Stearns does the GM speak thing, where he'll say a lot he'll, he'll, he'll say a lot without actually telling you anything um there's no reason for travis shaw to be you know beating around any kind of a bush if he knew what he was going to be doing or if he knew what he wasn't going to be doing uh, there's no reason for him not to say so so it, it, in, in that way it does kind of seem like there's uh the, the possibility certainly exists um i've heard a lot of people especially recently talking about how moustakis might be the one guy that's directly being affected by Manny Machado not signing anywhere because there's some thought that if Machado signs with, does not sign with the Phillies, uh, the Phillies need somebody still at third base and Moustakis could be a fit there. So, you know, that could be what Moustakis, another Boris client, of course, is waiting for right now to see what materializes there. Um, but you're right, if, if the market kind of falls the same way and so far it has, uh, maybe that's a way that the Brewers could add somebody that they know somebody that they liked um more on on their price and hopefully have that type of an impact to the lineup and to the the defense as well uh has played very strong defense at third base um they could add that impact before april starts as opposed to waiting to do it until august do you think also part of this could be in uh, Jesus Aguilar did not have the second half last year that he had in the first half, clearly. He had great numbers. He was an all-star in the first half. I think he wore down a little bit. It was the first time playing a full season at the major league level as a as an everyday starting guy, and I think that wore on him a little bit. So that's the, you know, if you're going to make the argument for why he's going to be able to be more consistent over a 162-game season this upcoming year, you can clearly make the argument that, okay, he's done it now. He knows what it takes to go through a full season but whether it is having Eric Thames on this roster and he said to us at on deck last week that he's really been working on going through you know his workouts have included a lot of things like sprints so he's clearly trying to position himself to be able to uh, play in the outfield probably a little bit better defensively than he did uh, this past season so Thames is an insurance policy but even even having Travis Shaw if you have a Mike Moustakis at third and you still have Travis Shaw on the roster he can he can shift over to first base and they can play somebody else at second. Do you think it's important for this team going in this year to have some insurance policies just in case Jesus Aguilar cannot repeat uh, what he did last season? Well, I think it's important uh, kind of regardless, uh, of course, to have your depth and to have depth in the right places. Um, But specifically talking about first base, yeah, I think that Aguilar is a guy who never really could break completely through in Cleveland. Had a couple of small chances where he just wasn't able to to take advantage. And, you know, in Cleveland, they viewed him more as a DH. Uh, Didn't really even want him trying to play the field a whole lot. And he finally gets the opportunity and it even takes Eric Thames getting hurt last year, like we know when he, he, you know, he breaks his thumb to, or tears the tendon rather, um, to really get that opportunity to be an everyday guy. He didn't you know, start consistently until May, uh, or it was it late April? Either way, um, the, the point is that, yeah, he, Aguilar played a lot of games, and even when Thames came back, Thames was mostly ineffective, 
uh, partially because you know you need to have your reps to be able to stay up to game speed. But I think what that did to Aguilar is it, it did put a lot of pressure on him uh, down the stretch. It, he was needed in the lineup uh, way more often than you would probably expect, given the way that that season started and the way that the you know 2017 season went. But in his case, if Aguilar is able to get a couple of more days off because of Travis Shaw playing first a couple of times, Eric Thames being more effective, uh, Corey Bansenberg maybe filling in from time to time, whatever they do uh, at first base to give Aguilar a couple of extra days off of his feet, I think that can work wonders for him. We saw down the stretch last year, you know, Council, there were a couple of days where he sat Aguilar and the media's questions in pregame and uh, in postgame were, is he hurt? Is he, you know, what's going on with him? What, you know, what's wrong with Aguilar? And Council basically just said that, look, you know, we need, he's, he's a big player, you know, he's a, physically a big guy, and we need to get him a little bit more time off of his feet, which to me, it just as a big guy myself, uh, it just screamed that he was, his legs were getting tired. And when you are a power hitter, um, you know, all the mechanics, they start from the ground up, and you can swim with your arms all day long, um, but if you're not, you know, if you don't have your whole body locked in together, and a lot of that is your legs, especially at the plate, uh, you're not going to be as effective. So it's important for a guy like that to get enough rest. You know, Aguilar's never going to be a guy to play a full 162. So if you can get the best out of him in, say, 140 starts, 135 starts, <clears throat> that's probably what's best for everybody, uh, assuming that what you're getting out of whoever's starting the days that he's not starting uh, is, a, is a passable amount of production. What's it going to take? And this probably doesn't even apply to people listening to this podcast because people listening to this podcast are clearly very, very intelligent people, and they would, uh, they fully understand things. But there's always, you know, this past year, I, I remember uh, doing a post game show once where I made reference to the fact that you know you need to give Jesus Aguilar some days off, and I was called, uh, I got multiple text messages that night on the text line for people calling me names for me, yeah. and this was right in the middle of Aguilar being in a super hot stretch. This was in the first half of the season, and I was still calling for him to get rest and because uh, I thought that would pay dividends down the stretch of the season, and, and I stand by that. And he may have played too much. I think he was worn down, especially with the uh, with with everything that happened leading into the All Star game and the final vote. We remember what happened with Christian Yelich when he got uh, the day off, and you know Craig Council could say uh, until he was blue in the face that we're risking injury with this guy, and there was a certain group of fans that didn't care. They they think he should play. Well, you know, baseball is changing, and the way you evaluate baseball is changing and and part of that I think is rest and rest is something that is now very much accepted in the NBA I think the NBA fan base fully understands guys getting some time off during the year the you know sometimes the idea of the scheduled loss in the second game of a back-to-back especially if they're on the road all that sort of stuff it's the a lot of it comes from Greg Popovich in San Antonio but the NBA fan base seems to to get what's going on there what what has to happen for kind of that the the baseball group and maybe it's a vocal minority to get to that same point understanding the impact that days off can have on players uh, what needs to happen that's a good question um i'll say first that let's just be very very thankful that the brewers ended up winning the division because maybe the the vocal minority wouldn't have remembered enough to complain about it at the time um but had the brewers not won the division 
there would have been people pointing to that random day off that Yelich got and how dare you sit Christian and how dare you not play Lorenzo Cain and how dare you sit Jesus Aguilar like there, there'd be people just squawking about that it cost us the one game that we needed you know you would have heard that probably consistently on your on your post game show uh, that said I think that this baseball beast is such a grind and there being so many games in a, in a regular season that's the majority of fans just assume that that's what players are conditioned to uh, to be able to do. They're, they're, they're able to play 150, 160 games. Um, this isn't the same type of athlete, uh, the same type of environment that these guys are playing. Like when Cal, everyone likes to say Cal Ripken or Prince Fielder even. It's like when they're talking about guys should just be on the field, they should play 162 and that's it. People tend to forget that, especially towards the end of Calvin's streak, he was hurting his team by keeping himself on the field. Uh, he was playing poorly. He was uh, just not as effective as he would have been had he taken some days off. And eventually, Cal realized that, and eventually he sat himself down. And once the streak was over, of course, he was able to take off the necessary days that he needed. Uh, and we saw what happened to Prince Fielder's body playing all those games uh, every season. His body eventually broke down completely and he had to retire early. So what it might take for the baseball fan to realize it is some kind of demonstrable statistic, which there isn't going to be, where you can prove out that this is the level of production for a player who has an extra day you know, here and there. This is what this pitcher does. Like, maybe Josh Hader could be an example, at least on the pitching end. Like, you can look at Josh Hader on one day rest after throwing so many pitches or so many innings and see how his performance suffers as opposed to two days rest or three days rest after the same length of performances or the same length of appearances. So that might be something that people need to pay a little bit more attention to or there needs to be a little more focus on. Um... But as far as hitters go, it's just not something that fans are paying enough attention to. But, you know, you, you hear year after year, you know, constant rhetoric how, you know, you got to stay in your mechanics. You got to see pitching to be able to hit pitching. You got to be able to, to stay locked in, you know, by getting your reps. So you have a situation where a guy needs a day off because he's tired uh, or he needs to stack a day off in front of a team day off because he's getting out of his mechanics and his, his offensive production is suffering for it. You know, a, a casual observer, even a lot of educated observers, they're not going to notice a guy's elbow dropping slightly and his bad path getting off the way it's supposed to be going through the zone to maximize his contact, to maximize his power, to really be able to be the type of hitter that these players expect themselves to be and the fans expect them to be given their track record and given what they've been able to do in the past. So it, it, it's a very, there, there's there's an, an alley there. There's a way to educate people, I think, about the benefits of time off. Uh, you can listen to Ryan Braun talk about it, how it's, you know, at the stage of his career, it's better for him to get, you know, the best 135 games than it is to struggle for 150 games or 155 games. You can hear these guys say it. They know what they're talking about, of course. Uh, but fans, you know, you, you still get that group of fans that wants to compare 
playing 162 game baseball season to showing up for 40 hours of work at their at their job, you know, at their day job. <laughs> and unfortunately, it's just it's not the same thing, and it's a, a very hard concept, I think, to force onto people when they really don't want to hear it. They just want to see their favorite guys play. We are a week out from uh, the Brewers on Deck event. There's always news that's made during uh, that event. Some of the headlines from last week. Uh, Jimmy Nelson saying he wants to be the opening day starter. Ryan Braun talking about uh, working with a hitting coach to try to you know use launch angle and, and all the advanced data that you can use to analyze swings now to try to take more advantage of his uh, hard hit contact rate that he had uh, last season. Brent Suter is throwing uh, a little bit just off the top of my head. Those are three of the, the bigger headlines. I'm sure I've forgotten a, a thing or two. For you, what, uh, what headline or two or what note or two did uh, really stuck out to you from what we learned over uh, the on deck weekend or on deck day last Sunday. Um, I, I think the main things that, that jumped out at me. Uh, number one was Ryan Braun talking about working with his private hitting coach uh, to try to maximize some of his hard hit rate that he's had the last couple of seasons. Really, where he just hasn't gotten the results in the positive numbers that you would expect based on that uh, the way he's hitting the ball. That is very intriguing that a guy at this stage of his career would not only be willing to seek out that kind of help and and seek out that kind of a change, uh, but really recognizing that it's what's best for not only his own play, but it's really what's best for the team. And that's what he needs to uh, do to contribute. And, And Ryan Braun, for as much as people love to talk about what they perceive to be an ego what they perceive to be a, a me first attitude at certain points in his career Ryan Vaughn has always been about the team and always been about the team's success and I mean at any point in his career um, he was willing to play third base at the big league level to get there he was willing to move to the outfield I mean I'm not going to go through all the things uh, if somebody wants to argue with me they can look me up on Twitter and we can have that discussion I can, I can uh, blow you away with my uh references there but <laughs> I, I think that's very telling that LeBron is seeking out that kind of assistance and hopefully that's something that pays dividends for him I'm very interested to see how he looks in spring training uh, how he looks in the first couple of weeks of the regular season assuming that he's healthy uh, and then the other big one that you did kind of touch on was the Jimmy Nelson situation you know before Brewers on deck you had David Stearns going on MLB Network Radio and saying how Jimmy might be, you know, taking spring training at a slower pace than everybody else. Um, we need to make sure that he's, you know, healthy, ready to contribute, that kind of a thing. Um, Jimmy Nelson comes into uh, on deck and basically just says, yeah, I'm ready, let's go. I want the ball on opening day. Like, to see how that dynamic is going to play out, to see how Jimmy being able to push himself against the team, kind of saying, whoa, Nelly, like, slow yourself down a little bit. Um, how that dynamic works out uh, is it's something that I'm going to pay a lot of attention to when spring training rolls around to see how often Jim's starting when he gets his first appearance when he gets his first start if it's not you know the same as his first appearance and just you know kind of see how he's progressing uh, performance wise a little bit <laughs> because a guy coming off of an injury like that if he's on the mound he's going to want to not only He's not going to want to only play, he's going to want to produce. So if you see a guy like that struggling, but he's at least healthy, 
great. <clears throat> great for him, great for the team. But you know Nelson is going to want to get out there and shove and just do his thing that he's that he's accustomed to doing when he's on the mound. So, yeah, those, those are kind of the two big spring training storylines that I'm personally going to be watching for. Um, the only other thing, I just thought of this as I was talking. You know, one of the things that I remember coming out, I don't think it came out at on deck, but I believe it was your partner, um, Greg Matzik, who said that Yasmani Grandal and Josh Hader, uh, as I think it was Hader that told him the story, but shortly after Grandal got traded to the Brewers, he was he, you know, called or texted Josh Hader. They were both in Arizona, and Grandal set up a bullpen session between the two. So the, the fact that Grandal is willing to uh, you know, set up that time, he's, he's got the desire to be <clears throat> as, as good as he can be at his craft, to learn the Brewers' pitchers, to learn their tendencies, what they like to do, et cetera, et cetera. And, I mean, Hader's probably one of the harder guys to catch on the team yeah. just because of his slider movement. So the fact that Randall is, is seeking out that extra time, uh, I, that just speaks volumes to me. You know, I, I, like, I hope to see that translate very early in the success that he's able to have this season. Well, Adam, you are playing hurt as uh, you're fighting through <laughs> a, a cold or flu or something, and really, and we're doing this after the Super Bowl on Sunday night. So uh, you've, you're, you've got uh, two things uh, going strong here uh, this evening, and I certainly appreciate uh, you taking some time. Uh, talk through, uh, talk folks through uh, what you've got going on between uh, now and maybe the start of spring training. Um, well, I, I'm focusing a little bit on. Um, Come, I've got a couple of story ideas that I'm reaching out to a couple of players on. I'm going to see if they come together. Uh, may have to be something that waits until you know more into the regular season. Uh, so I don't want to promise anything without being able to deliver. But I think there'll be some some pretty cool articles if I if I'm able to get them together, uh, or whenever I am able to get them together. Cause I do plan on doing it at some point. Um, but then yeah, the, the blog should be a little bit more active for the rest of the spring here as we count down to opening day. Um, we are. We're getting close, Matthew. Uh, I'm very excited about the baseball season. And I, I plan on, uh, of course, interacting with everybody on the social media channels like I always do. And, uh, and hopefully getting a little bit more of a uh, regular presence uh, to be available to people. Uh, maybe, you know, off of, uh, off of the Internet a little bit. Uh, but more to come on that if, uh, if that all lines up. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm around and, and hopefully people are excited, uh, as excited about the baseball season as I am. On Twitter, find them at Brewer Nation. And if you want to head to the website, it's thebrewernation.com. Adam, great stuff as always. Thank you for powering through, fighting through a cold. And uh, I hope that you are 100% healthy the next time we uh, get you on. I hope so too. Yeah, uh, this is, it's been a rough uh, couple of days for my voice. Uh, hopefully it wasn't too hard to listen to for everybody. No, it was, and you did, uh, we'll, we'll throw in a plug. You, uh, you did PA on uh, Saturday for uh, Bryant and Stratton basketball. So you had to fight through it there as well. And we are both uh, uh, avid followers and participators of everything going on at, uh, at Bryant and Stratton. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, I guess uh, you've really had to push that voice a little bit this weekend. Yeah, it was a sophomore day there, so a little bit of extra uh, announcing going on and uh, an exciting game against the Marquette Club team for the women. Um, we've got another game coming up on February 10th, so for the men, I'm, I'm hoping to have my voice rested up by then. All right, very good. Thank you much, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. All right, Matt. Take care.
Adam Rigg, again, playing hurt, a little bit under the weather. We appreciate him uh, fighting through, especially on the night of the Super Bowl. How about that? Uh, I think he was at a Super Bowl party and got home after that and then uh, joins us. So we appreciate him uh, taking some time with us. That's going to do it for uh, this week. Thank you so much for uh, being tuned in. We are getting closer and closer and closer to uh, spring training starting. And that's uh, as spring training gets started, we really start to, uh, you know, pump the gas on this podcast and do a few more things each week. Uh, We'll get back into our Down on the Farm reports. Looking forward to uh, talking to uh, the various broadcasters. We're going to have some new folks uh, on the uh, the podcast this upcoming uh, year as well. So a lot of stuff coming up. But we still got a couple weeks before uh, spring training is going to officially get started. So thanks so much for being tuned in. We look forward to talking to you again next week for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.